And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from the Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman, Manny Navarro, and Grace Rayner. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Ari, specifically, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Mitch. Thank you. Oh, okay, good. Uh, Grace, and how about you? Ari, you were kind of mean to me. Ari was mean to me before we started, so I'm starting this podcast off mad at Ari. So I'm going to talk to Grace first. Grace, I hope you're doing well. Hope you have a great <laughs> afternoon. I am having a great afternoon, Ari. You shouldn't be mean to Mitch. Thank you. Grace was just, uh, I wouldn't say Grace was late because Ari was on after her, she joined, but Grace, uh, we're going to talk, was uh, talking to a high school coach. Uh, a good story coming later this week. We will get to that in a bit, but uh, good show. A lot going on. It's going to be a quarterback-heavy show, which we all like quarterbacks. Uh, they're interesting. I believe we had six quarterbacks off the board this week, including a big one to Ohio State. Um, that quarterback did not sign with Clemson, and we're going to get in with Grace, who covered Clemson for a long time, about Clemson's, I think, pretty unique quarterback recruiting strategy. Uh, we're going to bounce around, look at some of the other notable commitments, a few mailbag questions, and, of course, trivia. But I guess the biggest news of the week, guys, was – not a huge surprise, but Aaron Noland, a I call him a fast rising quarterback or a rising quarterback in the 2024 class, who recently got an Ohio State offer, went up to throw for the coaches there, um, and uh, I think all of you guys have either talked to him or written about him. Very personable kid, gets Ohio State. Ari, why don't you go first? Because just kind of a good bounce back from I'm not going to call Dylan Ryall a fiasco. There's no fiasco there, but just they they had a number one quarterback and they lost him and they. They rebounded and got a top 100 kid. You should tell people in Columbus that it wasn't a fiasco. Because <laughs> well, to, to them, it was. I guess so. Uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. It's like you sometimes just lose a player. Um, yeah, you know, with Ohio State, they have continually signed top 100 quarterbacks. You know, uh, if it's not the receiver position, then the quarterback position is certainly uh, the second best on that roster. And when they lost Dylan Rayola, it was tough because – you know, he had been committed for such a long time and it had to have impacted the way that they approached the 2023 cycle. And then when he left, there weren't that many players that were still left at the position that would meet the standard. And in 2024, they absolutely needed a quarterback they could build around, you know, heading into the future. So from that standpoint, I think that's a, a huge get for Ohio State in the sense that they found somebody uh, in the state of Georgia Um that ranks in the top 100 that they can, you know, build their class around. So, you know, the thing that's interesting really, and um, you know, we're talking to somebody who covers Miami too, and we're talking to somebody who covers Clemson, that this was kind of the same boat for both of those yep. programs too. And it's like, I just understand that it's probably just a hard thing to beat when Ryan day comes to you and says, Hey, we need you. You're the future. Look at everything that we've done with the quarterbacks. And, you know, just, you know, I know they came in late, um, Huge get for Ohio State, but probably a, a tough pill to swallow for both Clemson and, and Miami. Yeah, Manny, man, I want to get to you because um, you had a pretty good idea that he was not picking Miami when on Friday, I think you sent me yeah. a note. He's like, I think Miami's going to get a quarter, uh, quarterback commit from a three-star quarterback from Georgia. So don't think they get getting Aaron Nolan. So before we get into Miami's commitment, who they got, have you you saw him at a camp, right, Aaron Nolan? Mm-hmm. Would you? I yeah. Mean, well, I'm, what would you say? Seven on seven. Yeah. I mean, I, I look. He left-hander, which to me is always kind of unique, right? I mean, you, you don't see too many of those those kind of arms walking around. Uh, and and you know, he, he threw the ball with really good touch. I thought his accuracy was is really his gift. Like most left-handers, uh, they're not you know maybe overtly. I haven't seen too many left-handers that have just tremendous cannons for an arm. It's more about anticipation, uh, being able to read a defense and make anticipatory throws, and he can do that. And 
you know, and, and when I think the reason Air is, is kind of a special kid is because I think he has a lot of other great athletes that want to gravitate around him, which is what the best quarterbacks do. They, they're, they're friendly with, with the best receivers and they're friendly with the best running backs and, and they can they have that sort of magnetism to them. And so I think certainly, uh, you know, for, for Ohio State, it's a big win, especially after losing a, a talent like Dylan Rayola and, uh, it just continues to show you that they're not going anywhere. That uh, you, they've lost two years in a row to Michigan, but they're still one of the best programs in college football. And, and I don't think it's affecting them on the trail whatsoever. So Miami, Grace, we'll get to you in a minute because I do want to talk about this the Clemson angle. But Miami gets Judd Anderson, a three-star quarterback from Georgia. Uh, talk a little about you know Miami. Obviously, they took a commitment this early from him. They seem to really like him. I guess the new offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson really clicked with him. Yeah, it feels like a preemptive strike, right? Like, I think Miami obviously was doing their homework to see if they were going to get air. And, you know, they wanted to make sure that uh, they didn't have sort of egg on their face. that They just came out losers for, for Aaron Nolan. And they did like Judd Anderson. I know that. I, I know that, you know, he's sort of a, a late offer. I think he didn't get his offer till uh, early March. Uh, but he came in, and, and I know he met with Shannon Dawson. And it was really Shannon Dawson's guy after that. It's kind of, you know, every every – a quarterback coach in my mind kind of has a project guy that they like when they go through the recruiting process. Like if I can't get this dude, this is who I want. And I think Judd Anderson is, is that guy from Miami. I think his, his size six, six, 200, uh, you know, 10 pounds, I think is what he was listed at. He told me he's closer to six, seven, two twenty. Uh, basketball player, guy who averaged double, double, a real athletic, strong arm can fling it about 65, 70 yards. And, and, you know, for, for Miami, I know most people are going to look at it and be like, wow, this is, uh, disappointing two years in a row you got to get a three-star quarterback but the reality is I mean Max Olson's story uh, from earlier this year kind of tells the story right of how many elite quarterbacks at the transfer portal anyway I, I think uh, in the event that Miami's looking for a quarterback uh, at the end of the 2023 season I'm sure they'll be able to find one uh, in the transfer portal and be fine and, and they can keep Judd Anderson and Emory Williams and the two guys they've taken these last two years under Mario Cristobal and and have them be sort of projects that grow up in the system. So in a few minutes, we're going to go over the rest of the quarterbacks that committed in this past week. But Grace, you know, Clemson is, I guess I didn't really know this about their quarterback recruiting until this year, that they really offer one kid at a time and they target that one kid, then they move on. And this year just, it's happened to be their 0 for 4 right now with DJ Lagway, Jaden Davis, Walker White, and Aaron Oland. Um, it's hard, and we were talking the other day, it's like, it's hard to criticize their quarterback recruiting. Just look what they've gotten in, in the you know top 100 kids pretty much every year. But now they're number five on their list. And if you look at the quarterback board, that sure they could flip someone, but they're, they're, there's not a lot of top quarterbacks available. Has this been a Dabo strategy since from as long as you can remember? For as long as I can remember, yes, they've gotten one at a time. And um, I think similar to Ohio State, Ari, Clemson makes quarterbacks come throw for them. So even Arch Manning did not get an offer until he grew up <laughs> at camp. Um, but it's it's worked out with them because they've been sort of every other year, right? Like Trevor yeah. Lawrence was 20 um, – or sorry, 18. DJU was 20. Klubnik was 22. And I think the difference this year is that Vizina is right behind Klubnik. Um in the class of 2023. So if, if you're Aaron Noland and maybe Christopher Vizina didn't commit to Clemson and you don't have a five-star directly ahead of you, um, maybe, you, uh, you know, I think it's a little more enticing knowing Club Nick would be a junior your freshman year. But um, in that regard, I think it's a good problem to have, right? You've got maybe too many five-stars right now on your current roster. But, yeah, I think they'll have to take either more of a developmental guy or um, try to flip someone or just or just look to the next class. Are you, you've been critical about a certain Clemson recruiting strategy in the past. What, what, what are your thoughts on this one at a time and not just, okay, we're, there, there's four or five quarterbacks we like in the top 150. We're throwing out offers. Maybe they're not all committable right off because you do have to come throw, but you're spreading your net a little bit wider there. What, what are your thoughts on the strategy? Uh, I think that there are some things that you could criticize about Clemson. I don't think that their ability to accumulate talent <laughs> at the quarterback position is one of them. Um, I think that they, uh, you know, they went back to back with top 100 players in the previous two classes. And, you know, it doesn't, at a certain point, there's not much more to gain by adding somebody else this down the line. So, like, I like the idea in, in this spot if Clemson can go find somebody who's a, you know, two or three, not two, 
God, not two star, uh, three star <laughs> quarterback, kind of like what Miami did, who they can put in the room and is probably more apt to be patient and develop behind the scenes and see how things play out. Like, I think that that makes it more of a balanced room, you know, uh, in, in 2023 now with the way that these, the portal set up and stuff, like it's so hard to keep a quarterback room intact. And it's like, you'll probably find out here in the next week or so when the portal opens again after spring, you know, that quarterbacks that didn't win the battles are automatically going to just flip out of the school anyway. So like, I don't really know. There's probably a case to be made that there's not much to gain by having three top 100 non-starters at the quarterback position on your roster because you're going to lose them anyway. Um, so like if, if Clemson was still in the every other year mode, and they didn't get Vizina last year, then I'd be like, wow, this is super alarming for them because they're always good for at least one every two years. Uh, but the fact that they have Club Nick, who's going to take over the program and probably win a Heisman at some point, um, and you know Vizina behind him, I don't know that this is a huge like pool of fire alarm moment for Clemson. And like, also- actually speaking to like the one at a time thing, I think is Dabo, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, Grace, but is Dabo Sweeney's. Uh, way of saying hey you're our priority as long as that we can get you or uh, we want you to know that the Clemson is all about you and I think that's an effective strategy when you're recruiting quarterbacks at the level that they're recruiting them like five-star guys like that you can get burned you know I've seen some coaches go a long time recruiting one guy and then not getting him at the end of the process and then you know kind of you know standing around like John John Travolta and that uh, what was the movie uh, Pulp Fiction you know where he's kind of like you know, you've seen the meme, <laughs> but this isn't what's happening there. I, I would be more concerned, Manny, you tell me, uh, I'd be more concerned if I were Miami right now, because, you know, you want to get that guy through the high school ranks that you can build around and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. somebody will fall out of the portal. And, and I don't doubt what you said. I'm sure, you know, Miami would be a very attractive place. If you can get Tate Martell to go there, you can get anybody. Um, <laughs> <Right>. But, <laughs> you know, you do want to see that, that, quarterback position to me i think that you don't want to be in a position where you have to wait and hope that somebody in the portal chooses you or that they'll even be available i think you want to have you know guys coming up from high school being groomed by your system learning and you know having somebody to build around i I, I view the portal um and maybe this is like ohio state brain for my time covering them but i view the portal as something that should be an asset or a complementary piece but if you want to win national championships in college football, I think that that has to be secondary um, and you have to still be able to get these guys out of high school. And, you know, listen, it's a long cycle and maybe Miami will do something crazy. Um, but that's just my take on that. Yeah, there's no, a lot I, of guys, I, Manny, real quick, there's a lot of guys, not yeah. a lot of guys, there's some guys like Lincoln Kineholtz, uh, the kid from South Dakota mm-hmm. who was committed to Washington, who was a, in the summer was in ranked in the 800s, ended up a top 200 kid in Ohio State flips. And so we are talking quarterbacks and, you know, there's not many on the board, but it's still very early in the quarterback process. Many. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think the one area where, where Mario is probably disappointed is the fact that he doesn't have a guy to sort of anchor the class, right? Like those elite quarterbacks help recruit other guys. And and the, and the problem with Jed Anderson is he's ranked in the thousands and he's not a guy who's in on the seven on seven circuit. Like I mentioned, he was part of his uh, uh, state semifinal basketball team this past season. So he's playing hoops. He's not really playing football in the springtime he's he's working out but he's not you know on, on some seven and 17 that's traveling all over the country so he's not building those relationships with the jeremiah smiths and jojo traders of the world that are the big time targets uh for, for miami so i think that's where the disappointment lies i think for miami fans is that you want you want that guy that that stud who's, who's going to bring other guys with him what about a trade all right you, you represent ohio state manny you're you're miami samson okinola for Aaron Nol- for the rights to Aaron Noland. That'd be a pretty good trade. Who says no? That, yeah. that would be a great trade. Although I think Miami right now would probably uh, prefer to take like a Brandon Innes or, or a receiver at one of those five-star receivers that they could spare at us. I think that's probably the way they'd go. They're fine <laughs> yeah. with Tyler Van Dyke now. Well, we have uh, – that might be a good segue, but the one last point I wanted to make about the quarterback situation too is that I went and added it up, Mitch, uh, while you were talking – and there are only two quarterbacks that are left in the top 10 nationally that haven't issued a commitment yet, and that's Rayola, who, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Miami's not going to be getting him and Elijah no. Brown out of matter day. So I, yeah, I think that, that you know, that's the hard part, but also, too, like Elite 11 hasn't happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the summer camp circuit hasn't happened yet. You know, rankings shift dramatically, and there will be guys that rank in the mid-20s or the, you know, low teens or whatever, and that will have great summers and jump up and 
you know, be viewed differently. Like Lincoln Kineholtz is the example that you use. Mitch, what was he at this time last year? 800. Is he somewhere in the 800 or something like that? So, like, you know, to you, I think that we have to also recognize that, you know, these guys are still, like, kind of going through puberty right now. (laughs) And, like, when they (laughs) kind of grow, like, I mean, they're juniors, you know, going into their senior years. Like, this is kind of like the time where they start their growth spurts and really start to develop. And, you know, at the quarterback position, there are late bloomers that can turn out to be very, very good. You know what would be a good study, though, Mitch? And you can go look all this up and then give me all the credit. Um, Of all the late risers, like the Jackson Darts, like the quarterbacks that um, saw I want to look this up. Yes, I think I know where you're going. Late, like how good they turned out to be. And I know C.J. Stroud was one of them, so that'll certainly help the the ratio but i i kind of feel like some of the guys that have jumped up late haven't panned out as, as yeah well as I, we, we, we it, it might be anecdotally just the guys that since we've been working together in the past five years that we've just to, written about yeah, yeah and see but uh yeah for for the kids this age i'd say my son gabe who's he probably went from like the rank like the 20 if you're ranking high school baseball players like twenty one thousand and twenty two after his junior year and by the time he grew four inches his senior year he was maybe like in the 13,000s if we were ranking high school players so yes guys do uh, make big jumps was his puberty jump like his junior year of high, uh, he, he grew like four he grew like four inches between his junior and senior year yeah so uh, yeah yeah he, he was voted in a big high school he was voted most changed from freshman year to senior year so what like physically it. yes well, they like, vote on that yeah well just most changed oh. person like personality and everything oh that. he was just a little kid <laughs> He was a freshman, and he, so enough on Gabe. Um, okay, so yeah, um, which male yeah. develops their body the best? Gabe won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, puberty champ. They just called that yeah. puberty champ. Yeah, he's currently. I would have yeah. finished last in that one, guys. I'll tell you. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to, to piggyback what Ari just said, there there are t- currently twenty five blue chippers in the twenty four seven composite, which there will that will change. But there's in nineteen are committed. And Grace, I was going to say also to that point, Grace did, and I assume you're going to do it again this fall because it was popular and you did a great job with it. You, you kind of every Sunday you, you talked to a bunch of high school coaches and you updated the top ten quarterbacks in the 247 composite and how their 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 seasons progressed their their senior season and from the time you started to the time you ended like the rankings every week would switch and not every week they'd switch and some guys who were in the top 100 when you top 10 quarterbacks moved in and out so again there's we've got the camp season coming up we've got senior seasons coming up so the 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 the, the fact that there's 25 blue chippers right now there might be more might be less and, and then the quarterbacks will change um yeah that happened to us a lot last year, right? Like Ricky Collins yeah. sort of come in and out. J.J. Cole. J.J. Cole was a top 100 kid. I think yeah. ended up outside the top 100. So, okay, here are the quarterbacks from the week. Um, Aaron Nolan, we talked about him. K.J. Jackson, Arkansas keeping the K.J. theme at quarterback. Four-star, number 391 from Montgomery to Arkansas. Michael Hawkins, a four-star, number three. This is on the last week, I believe. Number 311 overall from McKinney, Texas to Oklahoma. Connor Mobley. Uh, Moberly, a three-star, number 859 from Southeast Polk. We know that high school. Um, Caden Proctor uh, at Alabama now, five-star. From Des Moines to Iowa State, Judd Anderson to Miami. We just talked about him. He's number 1,015 right now. Ari might be hopefully writing about this guy in the near future. Uh, Haas Hegney, if I pronounce that right. Or House, it's H-U-S-S from Alito, Texas, former Duke commit. I just flipped to TCU. I, there's some family connections at TCU. Deuce Adams, three-star uh, from New Braunfels, Texas, number 831. And someone, I got to Google him real quick. I did not write down where he committed. It's, I can't remember. Um, good, that's good prep work, right? Are you proud of me? What, what was the kid's name you just lost? Deuce, Louisville. Louisville. Deuce Adams going to Louisville um, from Texas there. And uh, we, and Manny, should Florida State fans be concerned? Florida State commit. I'm on board. I'm a big fan. After your story, Luke Cromenhoek visited Penn State. In your story, you specifically mentioned that Penn State was one of the schools that was still on them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the conversation Luke and I had about Penn State was, you know, you, you kind of have to have a plan B, right, in case there's coaching changes or, or Florida State decides we're going to get this big transfer, right, uh, starting Saturday. Some other some other big transfer is going to come into Florida State in the next few uh, months. I, I think for him, uh, it's just a, it's a plan B. It's just go check out the school again, uh, keep a good relationship with James Franklin, those coaches, and have a plan B. That's it. Yeah, and um... – Lost my train of thought. Oh, so to that point, that the, was the offensive coordinator who first offered him has been 
is now a, is now not even gone. He's on a second school. Wasn't exactly. Kenny Dillingham went to right. Oregon. Is now the head coach at Arizona State. So that's a smart move. Uh, any kids got to have a backup plan. So I want to ask this for for the group. Now we we're in an era now where it's notable when a school takes more than one commit at quarterback. Right. It's very rare. What are your thoughts on that actually trending the other way? Schools wanting more kids in the class, knowing that they'll lose one in protecting yourself more and kind of what Ari mentioned early. Yeah, the portal's great, but ask a coach, give him truth serum. He'd rather develop his own guys. I think there's an argument to be made. Hey, if we can get the right kids on board, maybe one four-star, one developmental kid, let's bring two kids in the class and then it can sort itself out. So you're not left in a situation where you've got two scholarship kids for, for, for a fall. And I think it makes sense too, because why would they even care about the competition when they know there's a escape valve? So, you know, I, I think we wrote a few years ago, right when the portal was starting, that, you know, teams will be more able to do what Clemson just got done doing, which is signing top 100 quarterbacks and back-to-back classes, five-star quarterbacks back-to-back. I think Georgia's done it. I think um, Alabama's also done it. It's like, why wouldn't you, if you were a quarterback, just go to the best possible place and see how you stack up? And if you don't, then you can transfer and play immediately at whatever middle-tier Power 5 school you want. So... You know, I don't know if that's going to be a a thought process of like, hey, we're going to try to get two in every class or whatever. But I think that if that were the route, that it would be more attainable than it might have been two or three years ago. Yeah, Grace, you're a recruiting coordinator. Do you want multiple quarterbacks in your class? I do. I mean, I I am trying to stockpile as much talent as possible. Um, I think Alabama's is a little unique because Lonergan's also going to play baseball. Um, so them sending Holstein and Loner again, obviously they have to share him, but yes, I, I would make my guys like make me make them go to the portal. Yeah. I mean, I always thought that if I were an NFL GM and I know it's a different sport, but I would draft a quarterback in the first round of every single draft until I hit the one that's going to be my franchise guy for 10 years. You might be out of a because, job by the time you hit though, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. You don't have in the NFL. You don't have anything if you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, true. And like, to me, there's like if you are in a position where you have to draft Will Levis this year and you're not sure how it pans out, and the next year you're in the top 10 again and someone else is there ready to go, like I would keep drafting guys until you find Justin Herbert, you know? And then once you find that guy, then you can build the rest of your team. But I kind of feel like the quarterback position in college is a little bit different because there's so much turnover. And you won't, if somebody's really, really good, you're probably only going to have them starting for two years. Um, but I would totally take I would overtake quarterbacks if I could to make sure that I was never in a position where I had to scramble to find one yep I agree looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, all right, Manny, so kind of a, I don't want to call this a developing situation, but some drama. We like off-season drama in your neck. Love woods. drama, especially yes. Florida drama. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah Smith, who we talked about last week and by all accounts is one of the better wide receiver prospects in, in years. I think he's the number two overall player in the class, yep. um, committed to Ohio State a while back, and but doesn't hide the fact that he's interested in the Miami program, but why don't you take us through? There's, there was a, a tweet. There was a removal of a tweet. There was another tweet. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods with, with Jeremiah Smith? Yeah. So Jeremiah was on campus this past weekend uh, when Aaron Olin uh, made his commitment. And uh, I think it was, I think his eighth visit to Miami since uh, drive down there. So it, like in the past year. 
uh, to kind of hang out with Mario Cristobal and the coaching staff. And he does this all. He does this frequently with his teammates and and different guys that play for the South Florida Express seven on seven team that I've come to know pretty well over the past year. So anyway, um, Aaron Nolan obviously commits to Ohio State, and uh, Jeremiah celebrated it. And Miami fans who were probably spent way too much time on Twitter. I don't know if they're the worst fan base when it comes to <laughs> to Twitter trolling, but they're probably right up there. Uh, decide to basically troll Jeremiah and say, "Why are you even bothering to come to campus? You're trolling us. Stop lying to our coaches. You're going to Ohio State. Yada yada yada." And so Jeremiah, this isn't even the tweet, but he basically says, "I'm not going back to Miami again. Don't worry about it." And this is another tweet where he said Miami fans are basically full of it. I know he, he deleted all this stuff. Uh, and this is sort of a screen capture of, uh, of one of those tweets. But, but yeah, so for Miami's case, look, I know the coaching staff, they're trying to push for Jeremiah all the way up until the end. I know when I talked to him uh, last, our conversation about Miami was, yes, I'm committed to Ohio State. Yes, uh, I'm still going to look at the Hurricanes all the way through. So obviously not a good development, right, from a public uh, PR perception that your fan base is uh, – going after your your biggest target in recruiting but you know i think the kid realizes and, and the people at south florida express realize that sometimes some fans can just be jerks and you know yeah. they'll let it be well the but, funniest thing about the whole thing manny and you know this is <laughs> it doesn't matter if he cut if he wears ohio state underwear every day like right. you know mario cristobal would want him on campus every single day if he could Absolutely. Like it doesn't matter what he tweets or like like you're only playing yourself by frustrating him. And it's like that's a waste of time. If you think that's a waste of time having the number two overall player on campus, and there's a very big fundamental misunderstanding of the way recruiting works in relationships. Because like if you want to flip somebody unexpectedly, it might, you know, be in a better position if you hang out with them every weekend. Um, so you know, we'll see too. Like he's a kid, he, he's not, right. he's not gonna go back to Miami anymore. I don't know if some dude who um, is tweeting from his living room is going to have an impact on whether or not he wants to take a second look. But, you know, that to me is just like not a basic misunderstanding of how it works. Yeah. Well, th- three rules in recruiting if you're a fan. One, don't tweet at a recruit. Number two, don't ever recruit, tweet at a recruit. Number three, if you do and he's the number two ranked player, don't say negative things towards him about how you're lying to our coaches. That just doesn't seem like very prudent strategy. So, um, all right, Grace, you, I was going to say, don't tease the story, but by the time the pod comes out tomorrow, which is Thursday, you might've already written your story. So there's a recent um, three-star prospect from Colorado. It's number two player in the state who recently committed to Tennessee after his visit to Knoxville caught your attention because he had a Colorado offer. And it's like, Wow, someone said someone in state said no to Dion, and we haven't really talked much about Dion's in state pitch because we just think of him as Mr. National. So smart, talked, smart story, Grace. Yeah, you, you've talked you've talked to the coach and the kid. Uh, some interesting things, probably, and I just thought it was it was, it was a great idea, and I look forward to reading it. Oh, thanks. Your ideas are rubbing off on me. Um, but yeah, I think that that was what was most interesting to me too is because like you said, Mitch, like I don't, I, and I still don't know that I have a great grasp on Dion's in-state pitch because it, he's just gone so national, but we know he has to have one. Um, and so, yeah, this is a kid, Gage Ginther. He's a three-star offensive lineman. Um, he said that Colorado straight up told him, you are number one on our board. Um, his high school coach told me, 15 minutes ago that as of a month ago, Colorado was going to be the pick. And then he visited Tennessee a few weeks ago and had a really productive visit there and just, just really liked Tennessee and and committed there after his April 1st visit. Um, But I think it's fascinating because on the one hand, you've got Dion, you know, getting Travis Hunter, he's flipping Dylan Edwards, um, but he's unable to get the three star in his backyard. I, I just think that whole dynamic is, is interesting. So I'll be curious to see kind of what sort of inroads he makes, but um, the high school coach said Colorado did a great job. They called this week and said, what did we do wrong? He said, you didn't do anything wrong. Tennessee's in the SEC. Um, <laughs> That's what you did wrong. Right. In the SEC. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think it's a fascinating dynamic. When you talk to high school coaches, it seems like Colorado and their staff are, are certainly doing their homework, but usually it's not the three-star in your backyard that gets away. Yeah, just just interesting. And I, did you get the impression? I mean, 
it's a long way to go before signing day. I wonder if this is, uh, you know, they, they stay after him and uh, and what I didn't even look. Who's the number one kid in Colorado? I need to look in that Colorado? up. Colorado, yeah. Um, let me see. I've got it because right it's here. not it. Ari, were you? I mean, you, Manny, you guys are both. You've been doing this a while. It's in the low end, and Manny, you just did all the research. Colorado's probably in the, the low end of P fives. Yeah, let me, Grace let me, said something in her screen here while you guys talk. Yeah, yeah. Manny spreadsheet time <laughs> for a state with a major city too. Obviously, Wyoming, Montana, those, but you know, Denver is a very big city, and they still don't produce a lot of power P five guys because so. they're all hiking. Yeah, all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so have strong legs. Oh, they two are, of the three top players in Colorado are head, are headed to Kansas State in this class. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's tied with New York for Power Five signees, which is twenty. I got them tied for twenty seventh uh, with seventy five signees over the last six cycles. So that tells you what it's comparable to. Uh, just ahead of Hawaii. Okay, so, and there's not yeah, a lot also of two. Go ahead, Ari. Yeah. Oh, sorry, but like the number one player in the state of Colorado in the 2024 cycle ranks number 734 overall. So like to me, like Ray said something um, and no offense, but I don't know that it's true. Like of Colorado has to figure out a way to recruit their own state. Like, do they like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, like you're saying if there's an offensive lineman that they want, like your story, like you want to see Deion Sanders, the great, the great Deion Sanders, who is flipping recruiting on its heels to be able to get the three-star guy. Like everything you said is true, but I don't know if Colorado's success as a football program is going to hinge on whether or not they can own Colorado or not. I think it's going to be about whether or not they can, you know, go all over the country and land top 300 players from Florida and Ohio and Cal- uh, California and you know, of course, these are going to be supplemental pieces, and it is strange that he didn't get this guy. But if the number one player in your state is ranked in the 700s, then, like, I don't know if that's necessarily the cornerstone or the backbone of your program. So, Grace, sounds like Ari thinks you shouldn't write, even write the story. Like, what's <laughs> No, that's not, that's not what I said at all. Did you hear anything I just said? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think it's fair, Ari, but I also think – like I don't, I don't necessarily think that maybe Colorado needs this kid right now, but I don't know what's going to happen next season. I mean, I don't know what a appropriate benchmark for them games winning wise is in twenty twenty three, but I think in the next five years they're going to need to start getting some of these kids because I'm not saying that the flash of Coach Prime is going to wear off, but at some point we are going to see some tangible mm-hmm. results. I'm with you on that, and also too, the guy's underranked. Like if you go look at his scholarship yeah. offers list, he's better than he he is. So sure. I just and I didn't mean like it's not bad they didn't get him. So I hope you didn't take it that way. I just mean like over the course of time, if Colorado isn't going to have any players in the top five hundred nationally, I don't know if we're going to look back at the Deion Sanders era and say, well, this program was made or broken by whether or not he was good in his own state. Yeah, but that's fair. In the occurrences that like this, where you have a kid who's got SEC offers. Right. Um, you want to see him get that. So I'm excited. It's a good story. I'm not saying that it's not. Um, I just don't know if Colorado itself is all that important. It also goes hard to your um, point you've always made about Ohio State and single, you know, in theory, this kid, like you said, a month ago, he's going to go to Colorado. If like they don't if they get kids like this who they clearly want, who they don't have to expend a lot of financial and time energy on, that's good for them. It's good for their staff to go out and do other things. So that's that's the importance of recruiting in state and getting those kids that you want, no matter where they're ranked. It just you don't have to, in theory, don't have to spend as much time. They can come visit your campus a lot more and all that stuff. Yeah. And the byproduct of being good would be probably that, too. Yeah. You know, like if, if our kids going to want to go there no matter be, what. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if Colorado turns out to be good, um, then it's probably an easier sell. I, I just don't understand the culture of Colorado and Denver or whatever of like, do kids who play football in the state of Colorado dream of playing for Colorado Buffaloes the same way they do SEC schools? Well, they've been terrible in so. the correlating states. So, you know, you know, I, Deion Sanders has his, has his work cut out for him. Like, I know there's been like a lot of hype of like, Oh my God, this guy's gonna, you know, sign top five classes. And I think part of it too is like I actually believe that if he could get Travis Hunter, he could do anything. But I don't necessarily think we've appreciated enough like how far the road is for Colorado to actually be a to even become USC, let alone a team that could win a national championship right now. Another thing too about the geography of Boulder 
it's not really close to anything. Like New York, if you're going to compare states, like it's near Pennsylvania, it's near Philadelphia, it's near the DMV, it's not far from, you know, Pittsburgh, all that stuff. So it's like there's really not a, a great – other than Denver, there's not a lot of big cities close. You know, California is a, a quick plane ride, but it's still a plane ride. So That's also a really good story idea too of like which states or which programs have the best secondary markets because it's like everybody is like – Okay, well, yeah, if Houston, you know, like if you're in the Houston, but like what is their secondary market? I guess it would be Dallas, right? Um, programs that are close enough to major cities that aren't in their states that they wouldn't necessarily prioritize as if it's a home state, but also benefit greatly from being within a three or four hour driving distance of Georgia, yeah. Tennessee Atlanta recruits Georgia. Yeah. yeah, Atlanta for everyone, but Tennessee. But Atlanta wouldn't be Georgia's secondary market. That no, would I mean, be for primary. Tennessee. Atlanta yeah, like for Tennessee. You know, yeah. look at Tennessee's 98 championship team. Those great Phil Fulmer. They were they had tons of kids from Atlanta on that. And uh, and we did this, Manny, before. It might have been on when it was one of our first podcasts we did. I think Dan Wetzel was our guest. We had a geography question. Where are, do you remember the specifics? It was which P5 team is mo the most isolated? And Colorado was number one, but I think Miami might have been number two. Like it was the furthest. Oh, from it was another... geog geographically furthest away from another Power Five school. Yeah. Right? So Colorado was number one, and I think Miami, whatever miles it is from Gainesville, was number two, as right. far as. And now, and, now, and now that's changed with UCF being yes. two hours closer. So yeah. Well, what's the closest college or Power Five program to uh, Boulder? Is it Arizona State or is it Utah? I think it was Utah. I think Salt Lake City was the closest to Boulder. I did the because it's been over a year since because I did the, the Kansas schools are clear on the other side of Kansas, and if you've ever driven from Topeka to Denver, you know that's uh, yes, they're in, they're some, in the eastern. That's some half. nightmare yeah. fuel right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so Friday night, uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. Audrey Snyder, our Penn State writer, kind of got tipped off. It's like, I think Penn State might be getting a pretty good commitment tonight. And she was right. Uh, Quentin Martin, the number one recruit in the state, an athlete, uh, borderline top 100. I think he's like literally two spots. I mean, borderline top, a five-star. I think he's two spots away from being a five-star. He's an athlete. They're recruiting him as a running back. All right, quietly, Penn State doing a better job in state. Um, and here's another, before I let you guys take the floor here, this, uh, this floored me because um, – one of the uncommitted blue chip quarterbacks is Samaj Jones from Philly. Penn State has not signed an in-state blue chip quarterback since 2010. That's, That's an interesting stat. Yeah, because isn't isn't Penn State very much? Uh, they're very much in the picture with the quarterback at Matter Day, aren't they? Uh, what's his name? Uh, hmm. Elijah Brown. Uh, he's a, oh yeah. He's oh a, yeah. 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 He's he's he's, a, he's number seven. The number seven quarterback. There's the number uh, seven overall. Yeah. And I think that he's recently visited. Well, Michael Van Buren is the one that Michael Van Buren too from Baltimore. That was the happy birthday video too. So oh yeah, uh, they're 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 in in Baltimore. Talk about secondary market. Sorry, Baltimore for for Philadelphia. I mean for Penn State is one too. So uh, that's I mean, all Penn State has a secondary markets. Yeah. Philadelphia. They, like they have like five secondary markets. Like if you go look at Penn State historically, they then. You know, they've been up and down in Philadelphia. Like, they haven't – I mean, and Philly's kind of far from Penn State, isn't it? Like, three or four hours away? Yeah, I mean, you're Mr. Big Ten. I'm Mr. So. I'm Mr. Uh, miscalculate how far drives are. All, all yeah. I know is I went to uh, – when I was looking at colleges, went to go visit Bucknell, which is sort of near Happy our State College, I believe. And I was so in the middle of nowhere. I remember talking to an upper – one on the tour, like, yeah, if you know an upperclassman, they can maybe drive you into town to go to Wendy's. So I was like, I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll be going to school. Here. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mitch, to your to your point about Penn State not signing a, a you said a blue chip quarterback since yeah. 2010. In state, yeah. In state, right from in state. Um, it so was I, Paul I did, Jones, by the way. Okay, I, I did a little bit of research just because I wanted to, you know, the qu whole quarterback thing at Miami, them getting a commitment. I looked at the uh, the top 30 quarterbacks in terms of quarterback rating for last season. Uh, only seven of the 30 signed with in state programs. So I don't know if it's just a thing with quarterbacks that they go yeah. out of state now. And it'd probably be a, a fascinating study to see how many are actually uh, signing with their own in-state programs. But, you know, we talked about quarterbacks a lot. I thought I'd share that. Yeah, no, you know, we, no doubt. In 2016, I think I did a series for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland 
called QP Quest, where I went and added up uh, the top 100 quarterbacks um, over a four-year period. Did you do this research yourself? I did, yeah. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> that, was it I accurate? I didn't have a secretary like you to help me with it at the time. So, um, probably all I, along. Uh, <laughs> probably based on just... No, it was actually... What I did is I went to Google Maps, and I typed in the, the city the high school was in, and did Google maps to how far or how many miles it was to campus. And what we found, you know, shit going on eight years now ago was that quarterbacks traveled less distance to their eventual places than other positions did. And now I'm wondering if that has flipped because it almost seems like quarterbacks are more willing to leave, um, more so now than ever in history. And like, we were wondering about like what the psychology of that was like do quarterbacks tend to want to play more because they're the face of, or play close to home more. Cause they're the face of programs. And there's like this D it's like this DNA that they have that wants to, you know, stand up for, you know, their home and be the mm-hmm. face of that program. Like what, what is it about a quarterback that is different about from other positions about wanting to travel less distance? Cause like linebacker we did, I think was, do you think the sample like size 30, was big enough? How, it was a pretty how, big sample okay. size. It took me like two weeks to add it all up. Okay. Um, but I didn't add up every position. I just added up like linebacker, offensive line, and quarterback and receiver, I think. And all of those are like 30% further on average. And like there were only 10, I think, examples out of the 100 of, of quarterbacks who went really far away uh, for college. And I think like five out of the 10 like eventually transferred back to where they were from. Like who was the one that went to USC? Mitch Mustaine. Was he from Arkansas? Arkansas? Yes. Spring, and then he went to USC, down. and then he flew back and uh, and and transferred back to Arkansas. There, there used to be a draw to blue chip players and elite level quarterbacks wanting to play close to home, and I don't know if that's the case anymore. Well, Bryce so Young Manny, going across country, CJ, you know, Stroud. So, yeah, like I'm gonna, I can go look this up, um, but it would be cool if. You know, Manny and you did all the research, and then I wrote it. That would be great. Yeah. Well, you were a, you were a big in-state signee, Ari. Grace, you were too, Manny. I mean, you guys all, you know. You it was did. because it was cheaper. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, transitioning to Max's story on Gatlin, an, another huge pipeline, the state of Idaho, which um, <laughs> Gatlin Bear, wide receiver from Idaho, who ran it. And I'm not a track guy in like times. So like this, obviously this was very good because of where it ranked. But I, off the top of my head, if you would have told me a guy ran a 10-1-8, I wouldn't really know how great that was. But he ran a, a 10-1-8, 100-meter in Austin, Texas. That was the second fastest 100 for any high schooler this year and would have been good for sixth place in last year's NCAA championships. This is a high school junior from Idaho. Um, Max wrote this too. To put that time in perspective, Tyreek Hill's personal best in high school was 10-1-9. So this was 10-1-8 better. The thing about a lot of programs after him, the thing about him is he's going on a two-year Mormon mission. Um, but wasn't I think there was a quote in there from a coach like, I don't care if you're that fast, I'll wait for you. But uh, that's just, first of all, it's fascinating the kids from Idaho. And then second, that that is some serious speed right there. Yes. Uh, Idaho, by the way, only five fewer Power 5 signees than the state of West Virginia. And Ari did mention last week that we had a whole bunch of people from West Virginia at his house, right? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, interesting to see where he ends up. But um, uh, good story there. Good find from Max. And there's just goes to show, I mean, that's what you guys do. That's why we've made our recruiting staff more robust. There's so many good stories out there about kids like that. And, you know, I, he, he's probably late on the national scene there. Uh, but be interesting to see where he ends up. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, so we've got time for this. We're going to add a segment. We're not going to do it every week. We're going to call it, we did not spend much time on uh, branding the subject, but we're calling it Blast from the Past. When I realized this, I realized that Grace was probably, Grace, when you were, what year were you born? 93. Okay. Oh, now you were 15. You remember all these people. bizarre. Yeah. It's like truly bizarre. Well, I graduated college in 93. I will say I did not grow up on college football. So you're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to know any of these probably. Okay. Well, this isn't trivia. This is just the top 10 players. I'm getting ahead of myself for the inevitable downfall I'm about to have on this pod. (laughs) Grace, a little confidence, please. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. Um, So, uh, 2008, the top 10 players in the 247 composite. Actually, it's in the composite. It was before two th- It's before 247 started, but top 10 players. And so, Manny, you'll more of, like I said last week, more of my age. You'll, you'll appreciate this. But Daquan Bowers, number one player. Is he, he passed away, correct? Oh, gosh. I'm I, not even sure. A former Clemson five star passed away. And, well, I probably should have done that research beforehand. But, um, Ari, number, there's local, there's, there's ties, all you guys. Well, I think he's, he's a um, he's the um, defensive line coach at USF, isn't he? Then he did not pass away. I think so, he is. Our thing I, that, think he yeah. I don't know if he's I, still. I feel bad. Good. There was a former Clemson defensive lineman who passed away recently. He, um, Daquan yeah. Bowers is yeah. an American football coach and former professional gridiron who eventually became the defensive line coach. Good. In South Florida. Okay, good. There, but he was there under Jeff Scott. I know that. Okay. Good. Well, Terrell Pryor, number two. Um, were you covering Ohio State yet, Ari? No. Okay. Uh, that was a year before I got there. Okay. Gaines Adams passed away. Thanks, Mike Zimmerman, former Clemson uh, off defensive lineman. Yes. Okay. Um, Julio Jones, number three. He's Wide receiver good. from Foley, Alabama, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, speaking of Colorado, a rare five-star, uh, rare five-star Colorado signee from California, Daryl Scott. I think he's one of three before this year, one of three five stars in Colorado history. Um, number five, Will Hall, safety from New Jersey to Florida. Number six, Patrick Peterson, cornerback from Florida to LSU. Got good wide receiver class. AJ mm-hmm. Green was number seven, wide receiver from South Carolina to Georgia. Grace, we all know that kid's not getting out of South Carolina if, he, if Shane Beamer has anything to do with it now, right? AJ Green? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think Shane Beamer is. Maybe possibly looking at sweeping the top three players in state for the first time in like yes. six years. Yes. And Mike, with another correction for me, I Will Hill, not Will Hall. Thank you, Mike. Um, Manny, I'm sure you remember this guy. Number eight from Kansas. Do you know who Arthur, it is? Arthur Brown, linebacker. Yes. Linebacker from, uh, from ended up at Kansas State, right? Went to Tennessee, then Kansas State, I believe. Yeah, he had a couple of different schools on the way yeah. out the door before the transfer portal. And Bryce uh, Brown. Was Bryce mm-hmm. Brown his brother? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we actually ended up playing the NFL. And then two guys went to Oklahoma, Jeremy Calhoun, running back from Texas, and R.J. Washington, defensive end from Texas there. So um, occasionally we're going to look back to some some lists from the past, top quarterbacks, top overall players. So um, Did you say that was two four sevens? Well, it was the, if you go to 247, the composite, like 247 did not have its own signing. It didn't, didn't exist until 2010. So it's the composite that they put together from 2008. Um, because like the uh, 
the uh, 2008 recruiting class was the Brew Crew, the Brew Crew class. Yeah, you're going to write Ohio about Ohio State, and uh, they had like four top 15 players in there. So I thought like Mike Adams and Michael Brewsters were also top 10 national players, and Devere Posey was a five star receiver too. So. I thought there were more top maybe 10. It a, maybe it was a rivals list. or you know. yeah, It might have been a rivals list, yeah. yeah. There's a, a couple good questions in Ari's mailbag. We, we've, I'm going to touch on this real quickly uh, because we've talked a lot of geography. Basically, the point was Matt Rule going back into Texas, kind of where Nebraska has recruited historically very well, especially when they're in the Big 12. Do they need to play Texas teams if they're going to do that? And like Ari made a good point. Just see, I, I agree with what he said. It's like nowadays every game's on TV or the rare games that aren't there streaming. And, like, does it really make a difference if Nebraska every other year plays at Texas Tech or TCU? So, like, I, what do you guys think? I, I think geography, it's just – if you're not – especially if you're not recruiting in-state with everything on TV now, it just doesn't make that much – you don't need to be playing games in the state to recruit there is my point. I agree. I, I think the biggest thing for Nebraska is have a winning season, right? I mean, when was the last time they did that? Uh, I, I think that'll help them get in the in the Texas, and, and I think being in the Big Ten uh, and being an important factor in the Big Ten uh, with their new TV contract and everything else. I think that that's the most important thing is just start winning some games. Yeah, I think that if distance is a factor enough to um, – help make a decision that the distance will play a factor in like, how can I watch them play eight times a year? Not once every two years, you know, like to me, it's like if you play a road game in a foreign or for far away state once every two years, like that's not going to be enough to make a decision. And if that's important enough for them to think that, then they'll just want them to play closer to home anyway. So yeah, like I, like Manny said, just go win some games and become relevant. And then people might want to play there more. This was a very important question that Ari answered. Ari, who would you rather fight? 20 duck-sized Nick Sabans or one Nick Saban-sized duck? I said one Nick Saban-sized duck, and people in the comments went berserk. Really? Yeah, they. that was like, go read the comments. It was uh, 50% you're an asshole, and the other 50% is you're an asshole for picking the duck thing. So, like, I, I don't know, like, what. So but no I was, like, I was thinking question. about it. Like, if you do think, because, like, Nick Saban's five foot six, so I took this into account. <laughs> good scouting but the thing that i didn't think about is like can this duck fly and if this duck can fly this the beak on this thing is going to be huge right so like if nick saban sized duck flew up into the air and like charged me with his beak i would be done now the other thing too is i thought i could get it in a headlock and just like maul it because i'd be bigger than a five foot six duck but this beak could be a problem for me. That said, <laughs> duck-sized Nick Saban's, that's a clevy, clever dude. Like, you, you, like, 20 of them is a lot. You know, and you might be able to, like, kick a few, but, like, if Nick Saban is, like, left to his devices, like, he can figure out something. Oh. I don't want uh, one with a human mind. Yeah, Ari, do these, do our, our new podcast hosts know which animal I'm just so, so afraid of that used to send me videos of people getting chased by this animal mick mitch has this irrational fear because he loves it's not irrational and not an irrational fear i think it takes up way too much of your brain power yeah, though. Like yes. you, think, you think about it too much yeah like he's afraid of bears but grace might know because we went to Asheville and i i said i like we like to go hiking as a family but i don't like getting mauled by bears do you have a solution and i think you gave me a a place to hike, a bearless hike, and we went on a hike, and did I did not get mauled by a bear? It's like there's certain places in Western North Carolina where, like, 100, percent you know, there's going to be bears. Like, thank you, Grandfather Mountain. I like, I mean, I like it, but you tread with caution. And then there's others that, yeah, you go. I'm with Mitch. Like, if you're on a hike and you encounter a bear, you are totally screwed. Like, there's just yeah. absolutely nothing. These are some old statistics, but like, if we could go around the room here. Let's just guess. Manny, how many bear attacks do you think there are in the continental United States on an annual basis? Oof. Four million. I would say probably 50 a year. Okay, Grace? Oh, my gosh. Somewhere between 50 and 4 million? I, mean, I don't know, but I know that if you go to a place where there are known bears, a.k.a. my part of the woods, Grandfather Mountain, then it's a risk you're assuming. So I'm with Mitch on that. Like I don't know how many you. bear attacks occur okay. in America on a 30, given year. Thirty-one, I'd say, um, on average. 
What did Manny say? 50. Mitch said 31. Like 40. Okay, so you guys are all kind of close. The actual answer is there are 40 bear attacks. On no, I was not kind of close. Sorry. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> you not have it. Grace can't I, answer our say. recruiting or our college football questions, but talk about bears and she's all over But it. I made a critical mistake. Okay. There are roughly 40 bear attacks on humans worldwide every year. So, like, the odds of this happen happening are, like, less than winning the lottery. Also, between say, 2000 and 2015, 50% like to- of bear attacks happen because a mother bear attacked in the defense of her cub. So unless you're going to be down there fucking with it, like, I don't know, like what you think, like, it's not going to happen. Like it can't happen. But it does. So the fact that you showing me doesn't help. But the fact that you are planning which trails to hike as a result of avoiding this is irrational. I, I will say you put a stupid Floridian in the mountains, like like <laughs> my, me and my family, right? Who who have never seen bears. Last year we rented uh, a cabin up in the in the woods in northern Georgia, right on the border there with Tennessee. You're lucky and, you made it alive, out alive. And and I barbecued. I made the mistake of barbecuing like at three thirty in the afternoon. I brought the burgers in. My kids are eating. We close the door, and five minutes later, there's three bears running through the backyard. Um, <laughs> basically trying to figure out like what's for dinner and and i'm just glad it wasn't my seven-year-old because she was out there like not even 10 minutes before that running around and just how big were these bears and how close did they get to you uh they right up to the door like literally right up to the door where we you know i wish you didn't tell me this yes i I think i've got some video just wet his pants so yeah But I found yeah. I found a video of a bear <laughs> chasing a guy, and this bear was like must have ran like a four four forty. Like yeah. it was a huge <laughs> bear. Run a bear once a bear has you, like you're done. And I sent it to Mitch before one of his hiking trips, and he like passed out because like, I could not imagine. Like I just find it funny, like just picturing Mitch who runs every day of his life having to run away from a bear. It's well, that's just, the like, thing. A funny thing. You don't have to be what to Grace said. They're fast. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster in the people you're with seriously yeah but like if i'm with my family do i you know you're gonna uh, leave your kids behind as you run past the spare they're all adults you know (laughs) they're the ones that want to go hiking before we get to trivia i want to ask a trivia question of my own okay do you guys have any irrational fears Besides Mitch, we know Mitch is. Yeah. Like I had a buddy that I that I used to know. Oh, yeah, this one's 20s, great. Yeah. Who is like won't go on a cruise ship. And I asked him, like, are you afraid of drowning or the Titanic or whatever? And he said, No. He said he was afraid of pirates. And I thought that was the <laughs> funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire That's life. That's much worse and than I said, mine. How do you think a pirate's gonna get on your cruise ship? Cruise ship. And the dude said with a straight wow. face, a grappling hook. And I've <laughs> never laughed. I've never laughed harder in my entire life. Like what do you you think like it's there's four thousand people on this cruise ship? You think they're just like he's watched like too many pirate movies. He thinks he's gonna get robbed on Carnival Cruise Lines. I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't have any irrational fears. I have rational fears. What about like uh, I, making a you know betting, losing what a hundred dollars in the first inning of a Yankee Cleveland baseball game. Uh, I had no runs scored okay. <laughs> in the first inning, and there were no runs scored until until they brought the teams back out after the <laughs> inning ended. I've never seen anything like that before in my entire life. Yeah. So, great. You can think about it. You can bring them next week. Yeah, you uh, can bring them next week. Great. I want to know what your irrational fear is, Grace. My my like biggest irrational fear is probably like this is gonna make me sound like a huge loser. I hate staircases. Like the idea of not being able to see where anyone is at a given moment just like gives me the heebie jeebies. Well, let me tell you something, Grace. I've got an HBO series for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you like owls? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't give it away, Mitch. Owls don't scare me. Okay. Well, right. Well, well, no, there's there's an owl. Yeah. You have to yeah. watch the staircase, then the owl. Watch the staircase is, that, tonight. is that irrational? Probably. I don't know. I just don't like you know, it. Ari, you know where the staircase took place? Uh, I can't. I don't recall. It was North somewhere Carolina. North, it was North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, North Carolina. No. Yes. Oh, no. Telling you the bears at Grandfather Mountain. It is riveting, by the yeah. way. You should watch it. Manny, any... Any, uh, well, I was going to say, my wife, when Ari mentioned the cruise ship, I haven't been on a cruise in over 20 years. My dad worked for the cruise line uh, agency when I was growing up, so we went on cruises every summer. I got married, had my honeymoon on a cruise, and we haven't been on one since because my wife's terrified 
after seeing, I think it was the Concordia that uh, sank or the, the, the ship overseas uh, in Europe that, that had sank. And, and so now, like, I can't, it's not my uh, irrational fear, but my wife, I, I can't get her to go on a cruise ship again because she's terrified of cruise ships. That's, uh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can understand, like, the sinking right. part. Yeah, I wouldn't love yeah, being in the middle like, of the ocean on a boat. Yeah, being in the middle, like, imagine being in the middle of the ocean at midnight. Like, <laughs> like that would be pirate cool. part of yes. it. Just like, yeah, that was the funniest <laughs> part because it was yeah. like you would think it was a rational boat fear, but it was the dumbest fear I've ever heard of my entire life. <laughs> also, too, like, if I'm ever in a position where I'm on a cruise ship or on a boat and I get taken out by a pirate, then you know what? That's just the way I'm going to go. It's a great like, story. I, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, you know? I was on a, uh, <laughs> I was on a uh, a ferry crash in uh, oh, wow. coming back from Martha's Vineyard when I was like 10 years old. The ferries that go from Cape Cod to Martha's Vineyard. And it was the first, it was in the New York Times. It was the first one in like 50 years. Wow. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was Did it sink? No, but I was going to the bathroom downstairs and we heard the fog. It was like nine in the morning. It was very foggy. Foghorn goes off like 10 times in a row. And I look at my dad. And my dad's like, oh shit, this can't be good. And we just there, boom, this big, and we hit a little fishing boat. And I saw out of the window, the fishing boat, like all the dudes on it fell over. And we were like a half a mile from the shore. Wow. And we just kind of coasted back. But the problem was there was a bunch of like a college kids working on there. Like no one knew what to do because there hadn't been a ferry crash in like 50 years. So that's what, that was a cool story when I got back to school. Like, And now grade. you work for the company that is owned by the New York Times. Life, you know, life yeah, comes at you fast. Exactly, exactly. So before we go to um, trivia, I wanted to uh, just Ari was talking about the comment section and this duck thing. Like I went to go look at mailbag questions, Ari, and like you can't win, man. Like someone was in there. Some you, you have been all over Michigan, like in a positive way in the past three or four months. Like written stories about him. Your mailbag this week was about how Ohio State's like going to win two games this year. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but then there's a Michigan fan there. It's like how come we didn't get a story after Jaden Davis commitment? Like our our Michigan beat writer did it right. We had like two stories the minute he committed, and like there was a Jake Merklinger story went to Tennessee. Like you, I used to get really wound up, but if you've noticed, like I don't, I don't yeah. even listen. I was just like, like if, you, people, if you're on, if you're not on board by now, there's no saving you. So uh, I'm the first to jump on. Do people Aria, get but, mad at Grace for being a Clemson homer? I don't know. Do they Grace? I don't, I don't really. I don't. I the comments scare me. I don't really go there that often. <laughs> yeah, you should stay away from staircases on my no, comment section. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Grace is too nice to get mad at. So, yeah. um, All right, ready for a little trivia. I mean, the truth is, is I do carry myself in a very uh, passionately opinionated yeah. way. So I kind of open it up my, to myself. A but little. I thought that was very unfair. Like You should because, go in there and be like, I'm his editor and you're an asshole. Will yeah. you do that for me? <laughs> yeah. Not very good for customer relations. I can rip on him on a podcast. But like, yeah, you know, we, we had whatever. Okay. Um, There's certain people that I wish I could just like cancel myself and then I'll just pay their fee to the company. I'll just reimburse it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Only six states have produced a five-star prospect in the last three cycles. Oof. I should have, okay, I should have prefaced Wait, it. Wait, say many, that again? How many states have, but the, only six states have produced a five-star prospect in the last three cycles, not including 24, because that- Seriously? So 20, like every yeah. single one of those? 21, 22, 23. Only six states have produced at least one five-star in all three. Okay, oh, no, and all three. I thought yeah. you meant like okay. total. No, I was like, no. that's a crazy stat. Yeah, I should have asked you how many. Okay. So Yari, you would have said what, six? Nari would have said like 53. Yeah. Can you guys name them? Georgia. Florida. Yes. yes. Texas. Yes. California. Yes. Those there's are four a, easy ones. There's always going to be the ones at the end that are weird. So I was waiting for you guys to get the easy ones out of the way. <laughs> okay. Alabama. Yes. Alabama. Ooh. And Louisiana. Not Louisiana. Idaho. Yes. <laughs> Arizona. No, Idaho's had a fast guy named Bear in one recruiting cycle in a row. Arizona. No, I thought that one might be it when I was doing the research. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise. We shouldn't shock you. Are you looking at a map? Usually. Are you looking no, I'm looking off of the has been better than expected. Um, what state? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Connecticut. Missouri. No. no, not Missouri. Missouri had two, I think. Two and yeah. less three. No one's guessed Ohio. It's not Ohio, but I thought someone would guess. I knew Ohio. it wasn't Ohio. Okay. That's why nobody guessed. What, two, year, two years ago, they didn't have one? Was it? It was after Sunny Styles. 
reclassified. I think whatever year he was in didn't have one. Oh, I uh, think I know what it is. What is it? Washington? Nope. Is Good it guess. Nevada, the Vegas kids. Nope. Thought about maybe Bishop Gorman. Louisiana. Nope. Grace said was Louisiana. North Carolina. Nope. They've had another good guess that'd be on my short list there's a state i guess similar talent nah i guess the state probably doesn't produce as much in north carolina tennessee nope pennsylvania nope maryland nope we're not counting we are nope. we <laughs> <laughs> hope one of you guys like didn't bur- blurt it out i mean I we've said every i mean it was yeah i don't know uh virginia no good guess there's been two in the last two, so I didn't know. Uh... Yeah. Hmm. We were just talking about the school that's in this state. It's not Colorado. I don't know what's the left. angry commenter. Michigan. Michigan. Yes, Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Mm. That wouldn't surprise me a little bit. Yeah. 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 So. Fun. That was a fun trivia question. Yeah, I should have Thanks asked. Thanks for making you, us all look like assholes. The do you entire think? Time. <laughs> hard to say, but what? You know what? Next week, I'm Wait. doing a trivia question. I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. What? Um, very different. What, what do you think you would have said if I said how many states have produced three five stars in consecutive? Like, I probably would have said more than six. Like, I went into this thinking there'd be more than six. I would have yeah, guessed I'm, Nevada would have been on that list. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said like North Carolina, I, like all the mm-hmm. states that like North Carolina, Virginia. I probably would have gotten up to about ten. I think. I think all of our guesses. Like I thought Washington for sure was one. Yeah, I mean they typically have one. They just, I don't think it was uh, uh, two two classes ago. Maybe so. All right. Yeah, I probably would have guessed like twelve. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. How many has DC had? They did not. I because I looked this up for something similar like about uh, Nicholas Harbor, and they. They've had like three of the last four, maybe, but there was one that they didn't. So Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. And then maybe a, didn't, a miss. Then, yeah, then miss and then Harbor, maybe. So, all right, Ari, you want to do your, uh, your thing? Thanks for listening to Stars Matter. We will catch you guys next week. 